G'day, mate. Today we're going down under to talk about Catherine Knight, a crazy Sheila who... Okay, sorry, I can't do this. I am a crazy person. I can't keep that up uh, as much as I would want to. Um, but I would lose all three of the listeners that I have right now. Um, but today's episode is a classic murder mystery from Australia. This is Our Weird World. Our Weird Welcome to Our Weird World. I am your host, John Henson. And like I said, we're going down to Australia for this story. And, um, you know, even though Australia was originally established as a British penal colony, meaning like most of the residents there are descended from criminals, I kind of grew up thinking that Australia was about as safe and nice of a place as there was on the planet. I mean, like, sure, there was like giant spiders and crocodiles and things in the water that would easily kill you. But I don't know. I just I felt like the people there were just so laid back and fun. But um, I can verify now that that is not the case at all. Right. Catherine Knight is one of just many crazy stories from that country continent. And we are going to dive right in. It's story time. Catherine Knight was born in 1955 to her mother, Barbara, and a man named Ken Knight. And the reason I phrase it like that was because Ken was not married to Barbara. Barbara had cheated on her husband and moved away to Maury, New South Wales, to have an affair with Ken. Now, Ken was just an upstanding citizen. He provided free dental care on Saturdays. He rescued puppies. He built schools for the nearby Aborigine children. And none of that was true at all. He was an abusive alcoholic who raped Catherine's mother as often as 10 times a day, which is impressive from the standpoint that most men that age don't have that much of a sex drive without Viagra. But still bad. All right. Now, in most situations like this, the father's sexual assaults would trickle down to the daughter, but Ken never touched Catherine if for no other reason that he just hated everyone else more. Now, that didn't stop several other members of Catherine's family who took every chance they could get until she turned 11. And that violence at home, unfortunately, followed Catherine to school. But to her credit, she learned to fight back. And she quickly earned a reputation for being a bully and had no problem assaulting both students and teachers who got in her way. Um, Catherine ended up dropping out of school at age 15 without having actually learned to read or write. Um, she found a job as a cutter in a clothing factory for the year, but she left to start her quote unquote dream job, which was her actual words as an awful in at a local slaughterhouse and an awful, uh, which is actually spelled O F F A L is someone who cuts out the organs from the animals. And that is someone's dream job. All right. Remember that, uh, because that does not bode well for the rest of this story. Um, Catherine was quickly promoted. She was given her own set of knives and she took those home and hung them over her bed. You know, I guess in case some organs needed to be extracted in the middle of the night. I don't know why you would put knives over your bed. Um, In 1974, Catherine married a man named David Kellett. 
who was just a constantly inebriated co-worker, or, or maybe he was just very Australian. I don't know the difference. Uh, but despite the rocky foundation upon which their marriage began, Catherine took pride in dominating Kellett, right? Anytime David found himself in a fight, Big Cath, which is what she was known as, would show up to clean up the mess. Um, on the couple's wedding night, Catherine tried to strangle Kellett to death because he fell asleep after only having sex three times with her that night. But you know what? That was the only problem in the marriage, and the two lived happily ever after. Of course, I'm lying. One night, uh, Kellett came home late after making it to the finals in a darts tournament, which is a huge deal in Australia because they don't have much, I guess, down there. Um, But Catherine, who was super pregnant at the time, angrily burned all of Kellett's clothes and shoes before just knocking him in the back of the head with a frying pan. And a month before their child was born, Kellett left town and started a relationship with another woman. Now, having the baby only made things worse, as it usually does. Uh, Two months after the baby was born, Catherine put the child on a train track, stole an axe, walked into town, and threatened to just hack anyone who got in her way. Now, a man later found the baby on their train tracks and rescued it before just a few minutes before the train rolled through. Um, Catherine was arrested. She was taken to St. Elmo's Hospital, but she signed herself out the next day because people who are committed to a mental institution are somehow allowed to sign themselves out, and that doesn't make any sense to me. All right. Uh, a few days later, Catherine showed up to a repair shop in search of the mechanic who had repaired Kellett's car that allowed him to get away and go have this relationship with this other woman. But when she couldn't find the mechanic, she slashed a woman across the face, just some random woman, slashed her across the face and demanded that she drive her to Queensland to find Kellett. Um, the woman escaped after they stopped for gas and called police. But by the time police arrived at the gas station, she, Catherine had taken a small child as a hostage and threatened to stab him to death. Now, I don't know why Catherine didn't just steal the car and drive to Queensland, like after the woman got away, but whatever. Um, in, in true Australian fashion, police attacked Catherine with broomsticks, which actually worked. I mean, they were able to arrest her and they admitted her to the Morissette psychiatric hospital. Now, after all of this was over, police called Kellett and informed him that he was pretty much about to get murdered by Catherine. And Kellett hopped on the first plane he could to America and to just put an entire ocean between him and his crazy ex-wife. And that is not what he did, actually. It's what he should have done. But instead, he left his new girlfriend and moved back to New South Wales to be with Catherine. All right. The newly, the, the newly reunited couple moved to Brisbane, where Catherine got a new job as a meat cutter. And then in 1984, she left Kellett on her own and moved back to her parents uh, in New South Wales. Uh, two years later, she met David Saunders. Uh, she quickly got jealous of what David was doing when Catherine wasn't around, which was actually nothing, but Catherine assumed he was cheating on her. And to make sure that he knew not to ever cheat on her, Catherine slashed the throat of a dingo puppy right in front of him. And just to make sure that he got the message, she then knocked him unconscious with a frying pan. But rather than leaving, David and Catherine had a child together and they bought a house. Like, I I don't, I don't understand. 
To, to further the insane number of red flags surrounding Catherine's life, she decorated every square inch of their house in animal skins, bones, rusty traps, machetes, pitchforks, and other highly questionable items. And one night, the two got in an argument, Catherine hit David in the face with an iron and stabbed him in the stomach. And at that point, David finally got the hint and left. In 1993, Catherine met John Price, who was a well-loved mine worker in the community. And although Price knew all about Catherine's reputation, he let her move into his house with his two children anyway because men are pretty stupid, if we're being honest. All right. Five years into the relationship, Catherine and Price found themselves in an argument over why he hadn't proposed yet. Can't imagine why myself. Um, In response... (laughs) Catherine videotaped several expired and outdated medical kits Price had scavenged from his company's dumpster and sent the tape to Price's boss. And because, you know, of what Price did for a living, he got into a ton of trouble and he got fired for that. Um, In response, Price kicked Catherine out of the house the next day, but he couldn't, just couldn't get rid of her forever because apparently Catherine was the only woman on the planet at that time. Like there was literally no one else for him to bang. And so a few months later, the relationship was back on. Um, still, it wasn't going great. On February 29th, 2000. So, I mean, I still think it's relatively recently, but that was like 20 years ago, which is insane to me. But anyway, on February 29th, 2000, uh, Price, he stopped at the local police station on his way home from work and he filed a restraining order against Catherine. But when he arrived home, he found that Catherine had sent his two children away to a friend's house for a sleepover. And that didn't bother him as much. Like the fact that Catherine was hanging out at his home and had gotten rid of his children didn't bother him for some reason. Like he found that very suspicious or he didn't find that very suspicious. Um, after a few minutes, he left the house to go hang out for a bit with some of his coworkers. And while he was hanging out with them, he told them like, if he ever didn't show up for work one day, it was because Catherine had murdered him. And, you know, they probably laughed it off, you know, like, Oh, he's got a crazy wife, whatever. But they didn't realize like what amazing foresight price had there. You know, spoiler alert. Uh, later that night, uh, price went home. He fell asleep in the living room and Catherine, uh, she had left the house, but she came back later that night wearing a brand new black lingerie set that she had purchased earlier that day and woke him up and rocked his world. Even though there was an active restraining order against her still at price, let it happen because men, if we're being honest, All right? But at some point in the middle of the night, price woke back up to Catherine stabbing him to death 37 times to be exact. Uh, he tried to push her off and he tried to escape, but just as he reached the front door, Catherine caught him and dragged him back into the hallway and he bled out. Um, not to be not, not done though, uh, because Catherine then skinned him and hanged his skin on a meat hook near the living room. She then decapitated him, chopped up the rest of his body. And, you know, because she'd spent several years as a meat cutter, she's pretty good at it. She then went to the kitchen, plopped the meat into the oven and prepared herself a meal. Um, by 6 a.m. the next morning, Kath, uh, a concerned neighbor noticed that Price's car was still in the driveway. He had usually left for work by then, and the whole neighborhood knew how crazy Catherine was. And when the neighbors saw the blood on the front door, they called police. Um, it took two hours for them to arrive for some reason. 
But, you know, police opened the door and they found two plates at the table with Price's meat, along with a baked potato, pumpkin, zucchini, squash, cabbage, beetroot, and gravy, all laid out on the table with the intent that Price's children would sit down and eat when they got home, which that's, that's dark, but so calculated. And, um, they found, uh, they found Price's head in a pot on the stove that was marinating in an assortment of vegetables. And then they found Catherine unconscious on the floor uh, after she had tried to overdose. And um, she was cuddling like a few remaining pieces of Price's body. And um, obviously, Catherine was convicted of murder and sentenced to prison. And that is the end of our story. Ooh, man, you know, if there's, if there's a giant overall takeaway from this, it's that men think with their wieners too much, but what else did we learn? What did we learn? Number one, if your wife tried to kill you because you couldn't have sex more than three times on your wedding night, maybe look into an annulment. Number two, if your wife tries to murder your baby and also takes a gas station hostage, maybe look into a divorce. And uh, number three, if your wife decorates the house with rusty tools, animal bones, and pitchforks, get as far away as you can. Like, you can get laid by someone else. Trust me, there's 7 billion people on this planet. Half of them are probably women. Take a shot somewhere else. Next week on Our Weird World, we will talk about one of the worst white people to ever live. And it's not Adolf Hitler. And actually, I don't know that we'll ever have Adolf Hitler as a guest on this episode. Well, we wouldn't have him as a guest, as a subject, um, because everyone knows Adolf's story. No, instead, we are talking about Albert Fish. This story is absolutely awful, and I'm going to have fun telling you all about it. So thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird. Thank <laughs> you.